And I was by myself on my laptop when I got the message from the team leaders and I just opened the door. There was no one like that. I was just was running around the corridor, like cheering and, and screaming and like, we made it, we made it, we made it. Welcome back to the sounds of Street Child United. Today is day four of the Street Child Cricket World Cup in Chennai, India, and we have something a little different today. With some of the young people rehearsing in the background for their performances in The Late Show, I find a quiet-ish spot with Julia from Street Child United to learn more about the extreme lengths that some of the team leaders went to to get their young people here. I'm Julia, I look after the teams, so the selection, the collaboration we have, the partnerships with them, and then the programs we do with, with them after the Shower Cup. Yeah, we try to have a great spread between continents and different countries. We are always welcoming new teams, but also having some that have been there before so they can be mentors for the new ones. All these teams have been selected two years ago as is a long journey in terms of media, fundraising, visas and all the documents we need. So we even like to get birth certificates. Our deadline was March this year because sometimes they need to find a parent that they've never met or parents are in jail or you need to first start interaction with the kids and the parents or they don't have parents and then you, you need to well, as, as Fohad, our team leader from Bangladesh, does, he adopted the kids. So you need to find your way to make it, right? Make uh, legal identities first. So we, we were applying since the first week of August, trying to get these visas. Some of the teams who had got their passports already applied for e-visas to India and had success. Some of them got that straight away while others were really struggling. So we had one particular issue, especially with some teams in Africa, Burundi, Uganda and Rwanda, where two of them, Burundi and Rwanda, were really struggling to get the process to understand the system. So we brought up the team leader from, from Uganda, Karin, who had succeeded before, and we did a WhatsApp group with her, as she being the leader, we call her the captain, and then we were following her instructions and she was supporting, reviewing applications, even like going through it and recording on her phone saying well, you need to respond this to this question, that to that question. So she was really, really specific and I think she has like a very important part on these teams than being here with us today. I think it would be great for everyone uh, if you could have some time to listen to what these this projects have been through, what are their challenges and what they have to overcome to be part of this event. So now we're gonna hear from Karen from Uganda, from Jean-Marie from Rwanda, and from Phil from Burundi. My name is Karen Muchiri. I work with Youth Sport Uganda. I run the programs there, but at the event, I am a team leader for Team Uganda. We are working with children from the slums, so our team is basically full of children who live in crowded spaces and some of them not with their biological parents, with relatives or just simply caregivers and they struggle to go through school, they struggle to, to live generally. So most of them literally play cricket for a living. They go to play cricket because they know there is food at the cricket oval. So what happens, most of the vulnerable children have realized that when you play, the schools will pick you to play for them and they will pay your school fees. So even coming here, they're hoping that they can play so well, someone will see them and take them to even a, a better school, probably outside Uganda. So that's their hope. Yeah. 
we knew just from past experience we were going to find issues getting passports for them because it's quite hard to get a passport especially for a minor in Uganda there are lots of questions they ask for caregivers consent sometimes the caregivers live hours and hours out of the immigration offices which are in Kampala so we knew that would be a challenge what we didn't know that it was going to be so hard to get the visas we thought once we get the the birth certificates we get the passports well it will be smooth well that didn't come to pass we first applied online just as team leaders to test out the system and got denied so we waited for the paperwork so we tried to apply online again as a team we got denied straight away and they were asking for bank statements for children I mean, a street-connected child can't have a one-year bank statement. That's not possible. They were asking for very many things, and we offered most of them. We offered letters from the hotel to show that we had accommodation. We offered invitation letters. Everything was so perfect. But we got denied anyway, so we knew right away we were running out of time. We had to swiftly go to the embassy. It can take as long as they want. So when we went there, there was much more they needed. They needed letters from ministries. They needed us to prove that the children we were bringing to India were going to actually go back to Uganda. So we felt like what the problem was, was not because a Ugandan was traveling to India. It was the caliber of the people who were traveling. There were street-connected children, they were vulnerable. There was this whole notion that they would come here and disappear here and not go back home. We kept going back and forth, back and forth. They would just keep telling us, we will call you, we will call you. And so every, every block we would get, we would inform the caregivers and the parents. We would inform the schools, this is what we are experiencing. So, of course, their morale was so low because... We met so many blocks and if you keep going back to a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old and you keep asking things, they start to sense that there's an issue here. And we were open enough, we said we don't want to crush your hopes, but we tried online, it failed. If we try again physically and it fails, that will be it. Of course, in about uh, a week and a half, we went back and fortunately the whole team had got, so it was really big news. They were the happiest. They were really the happiest. Right away when we got it, Julia from Street Child said, these other two countries are facing the same challenge. We said, well, we can try it our way. Maybe it will work. We didn't have hope, but it doesn't take much to share what you've gone through with someone if you think that it can help. And the more, the better. <laughs> if there are more teams, then we get to enjoy. If there are more African teams, then our children will feel more at home as well. So then we started to embark on a journey to support Burundi and Rwanda. And that journey can bring tears to my eyes all the time because especially for Burundi, we just kept meeting blocks. So my name is uh, Philemon Wigilimana. I'm the national coordinator of the New Generation Burundi. And I'm here at the Street Child Cricket World Cup as a team leader. We thought maybe the visa would be the easiest thing. We applied online and we paid everything. We checked that all the, all the forms are filled correctly. And then all of our visas got rejected. The problem is in Burundi, we don't have the High Commission of India. So we had to fly to Uganda. This is what was really challenging because it cost us a lot. 
We went there, but we had some documents that are in French because Burundi is a French-speaking country. So our documents got rejected when we were at the High Commission of India in Kampala. So they asked us to go and translate and also to get the signature from the Minister of Home Affairs in Burundi, which was really difficult because being in Kampala, and to ask for that, it means that you have to go back to Bujumbura. We said that's okay. There is a Burundian embassy in Uganda. When you go there, you'll get help. For some reason, the embassy refused to translate their documents. They said, go back to Burundi and translate from there. Keep in mind their costs. We are running out of time. But uh, thank God we were able to manage because one of our team, Katie, could join us in Kampala bringing all the documents. So they submitted and I'm telling you those four days or five days while the papers were at the embassy, I was stressed. Because within that time, Randa had submitted theirs and chased right away and told to go and find another letter from their youth ministry. I am Jean-Marie Vianney from Rwanda and I work with Uisengani Manzi and uh, I'm actually a clinical psychologist as a profession but uh, I act as a project coordinator at my organization. Jean-Marie had a very difficult time getting the passports for his team as many of them do not have two parents or do not live with them and they needed signatures from both. We submitted the passport and I was feeling like now it's going to be Okay, because I know I've applied for my visa online and I've applied for my boss visa online and I know through online, only one day I will get the visas. I submitted all the application and only one kid got the visa. I asked myself, why this only one? They told me to go to the High Commission. And when I reached there, the challenge keep on coming because they asked me for three letters, two from India and one from our Minister of Sport. So these teams have been requested to show a clearance from the ministers in India and in their own country to make sure this event was legit and what they were doing was also uh, responsible. They have been asked for a letter of clearance from the Minister of Home Affairs in India, External Affairs in India, and in some cases, the letter of Minister of Sport and Youth. These letters are really hard to get. Usually, it will take around 15 days for him to sign it, but we didn't have 15 days. We didn't have 15 hours, so it had to be straight away. Julia told me, keep on trying on your side, and we are going to try on our side and see if we can get those letters. This was all happening two days before the start of the event. But the opening window at the High Commission of India in Rwanda is only open between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. And I was sitting in my office, have prepared all, all children. They were sitting at the office also. When it reached to 11.40, I took a motorbike and go to the High Commission to, just to sit there and make sure that I will be in there and I will try to negotiate with them. When Jean-Marie arrived at the High Commission, they let him apply without the letter they were waiting for. But it was 12 p.m. Jean-Marie had to beg for the office to remain open and pay for an extra 30 minutes of time. And luckily, the, the High Commission is five or ten minutes right to our office. And I called everyone, they come, and we proceed on with the application. I was stressed because I've been paying so much. All the young people had to rush from Jean-Marie's office to the High Commission, and thankfully, they were allowed to submit their applications. On Friday, they called me, 10 a.m., come and pick your visas. I was very happy, very happy, very, very, very happy. This struggle for two years was very meaningful to me because I got to my 
to my success. While this was going on in Rwanda, Philip and his colleagues from Burundi were met with yet another challenge. The trip to India was on Thursday. On Wednesday we went and then we got, uh, we, we got the visa. Uh, we, told every, we told everybody, but the rest of the team were in Kampala. Their flight to Chennai was leaving Burundi in a few hours, but Phil and his colleagues were in Uganda with all of the team's passports and visas. We had to fly from uh, Kampala to Kigali. When we reached uh, Kigali airport, it was on Thursday, they told us that our flight to Bujumbura was cancelled. It was very stressful, so then we had to travel by a car uh, from Kigali to Bujumbura. And then we reached Bujumbura uh, Thursday around 9pm, and then the next day in the morning, we had to fly to India. The biggest lesson is that uh, we're always going to face challenges working with street-connected children because people perceive them a certain way. They always think they're a minority in the community and they don't just trust them. But secondly was, I felt like someone was just clicking no every time they saw an application from Africa. That's what I felt. And it crushed my soul because really every child, no matter the race or religion or anything, they really deserve the right to travel and learn and experience life and meet new people and make friends. Yeah, at the same time that we have succeeded in a few cases, not everyone that was supposed to be here is here with us. We had a situation with Team England where they applied for two refugees from Afghanistan and unfortunately the visa only came uh, when it was too late. Yeah, I'm uh, Elliot Rowson uh, and I'm the team leader of uh, Team England out here in Chennai. We had two brothers who were both Afghans. We held like nominations earlier in the year for who should join and they were up the top of everyone's list. They've obviously came from Afghanistan so that, that you know they come with a lot of, of experience and, and, and we thought they'd be really good advocates for a lot of the work that we do out here. Um, they're amazing at cricket, so that definitely helps us <laughs> quite a lot, but we just thought they'd be great out here. Yeah, the issues with Afghanistan and, and, and the visa was just still there. It's really unfortunate and we thought we could wangle something. We, can, we spoke to lots of different people, literally everybody we could, including part owners of Kolkata Knight Riders, yeah, and all that, but still, we couldn't get it through in time, which is which is really really a shame. I spent days running around London trying to get things sorted, which was pretty stressful. Nobody would speak to us, nobody would give us an answer. And I think it was a culmination of a lot of different people putting in a lot of work to get it eventually coming through, albeit a little bit too late. I know it would be pretty tough to watch and think that, you know, they they'll feel they should have been out here with us. And and they are with us to some extent. All the work that was put in before, they were part of. So they are with us, um, but I hope that they're still proud of the team uh, out here. It's, it's hard to explain the feeling when I got the news that the teams would come, especially because, being very honest, I thought they wouldn't make it. Like, I was, uh, well, it's a miracle now if it happens. And, and it also came in the same day of my birthday. So <laughs> I got two good news from two different teams that their visas have been approved like in my birthday. But I didn't want to believe much because I was like, I'm only believing when these teams are here in this hotel. Oh, it's, re it's really feel good. I see how the children are enjoying. They get to know other street connected children from different countries all over the world. I get to feel uh, proud of our team. 
saying like it's worth it, all the stress, all the effort, all the energy uh, going to Kampala and traveling by car from Kigali to Bujumbura. Uh, I feel so relaxed and really <laughs> a kind of pride uh, that we finally made it. And also seeing those children discovering cricket because in Burundi we don't know about cricket. And uh, I was telling them you have to be proud of yourself because in the history of Burundi, you are going to be the first cricket team that represented Burundi. No matter, no matter the result, you, it will be recorded in history. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sounds of Street Child United. And a very special thank you to Karen, Phil, Julia, Jean-Marie and Elliot for their contribution to this episode and all the unbelievable work they did to get here. Join us next time as the cricket matches continue at the Street Child Cricket World Cup. This episode was reported, produced and edited by me, Hester Kant, and Tilly Reith. If you want to find out more about Street Child United, visit our Instagram page at streetchildutd. You can follow us on YouTube at Street Child United or visit our website streetchildunited.org.